That's that's perfect. Excellent. Um, has served as the adjutant general of the Wash Wyoming Military Department, and now serves as the director of the Wyoming Department of Transportation. And Mandy shared with me just before we met that as soon as you retired, you were scooped up by Governor Gordon and appointed to this position. So clearly you have excellent leadership that is well regarded in the state. He also received the Person of the Year Award by the Greater Cheyenne Chamber of Commerce just three years ago. So super curious about what you did to garner that acknowledgement. You must tell us. Let's start there. You know, I'd say in community involvement, Pat, yep. I'm guessing a long time of community involvement in ways that made a significant difference to Cheyenne. I, I think you are correct. Excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, okay. it's always a pleasure to, you know, to serve and, and to be involved. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for your service. And thanks for joining us here today. Where are you um, Zooming in from? You know, I'm Zooming in from my office right here in Cheyenne. Okay, good. All right. Glad to have you with us. So um, we're going to have the opportunity to hear from you for about 15 minutes. And so take it away, Director Reiner. Okay, well, thank you, ma'am, and, and thank you really for this invitation uh, to be here today. Uh, really looking forward to the discussion. I'll tell you, I, I would probably just start off with, with recognizing, uh, you know, Gretchen and Robert, Roger Herbert last week, you know, for, for their discussion. Certainly sat through that just because I wanted to get a sense for, for the discussion and, and where we started. Now, you know, you know, Roger started with, with Clausewitz and, and the fog of war and uh, how even simple things can kill you, you know, just as a refresher. And um, he talked about two ways to overcome that. One, uh, number one was you can be large and you can overwhelm the threat. And number two was, you know, special ops and you can cheat it and be flexible and creative was his two approaches. Now, now let me tell you that that Roger is number two, right? He's a special ops guy. Luke is number one, all right? Uh, and so is Lieutenant Brody, all right? And, and I'm really looking forward to your, uh, your presentation there, Virginia. I, I'll tell you, as an aside, uh, it is really exciting in DOD today uh, to see the talent that's brought by females to positions that were once precluded them from service, right? When I, when I started 30, well, I retired after 36 years. So 37 years ago when I started, very few females, right? Certainly none in combat arms. That's completely turned on its head today and, and we're better as a force, we're better as a nation uh, because of that. But anyway, hey, we're, we're both field artillerymen and what I'll tell you about uh, field artillery is it's big. All right, so the, the formations we lead and, and, and participate, so typically a field artillery brigade, um, which is commanded by a colonel would be about, you know, about 4,000 people. And you support a formation of probably anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15, depending on, on how it's organized. And, and so that's big. And it, and it calls for understanding scheme and maneuver and, and what we sort of understand as commander's intent. Um, a little trivia there. Uh, does anybody know what the largest killer on the battlefield is? Any guesses? 
Okay, seeing none, I'll just tell you that it's actually a disease. Over the history of mankind, the biggest killer on the battlefield is disease. But number two is the field artillery, right? So you just put that, put that in perspective and there's, there's a little bit of trivia for you this morning. Hey, let me just tell you that, that I first heard the acronym VUCA at the Army War College. And it, it really, it was one of two things that really stuck with me and I've, I've used professionally uh, uh, since then. The second one, and we won't spend any time on it, but, but was the concept of, hey, knucklehead, the, the skills that got you here are not the skills that will make you successful in the rest of your life. Right, and so so this this need to be constantly learning and constantly adapting, uh, it's true. And and I would tell you, you're right. I mean, I started here the day after I retired, you know, from from the guard, and 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 it it is a new phase of life, and you do need new skill sets, right? So so we keep working on that. I do tend to lump lump the characteristics of VUCA together and treat it as an environment that you need to thrive in. Um, and, and my really approach uh, through in leading in that environment has been one of the key things is that you've got to ensure that you, 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 you train your subordinates to thrive in that environment. And in my mind, that's the ability to have adaptive and agile leaders, right? And, and that's, that's really the men and women that will make you successful. Um, and you need to make them they want to make you successful in an environment that's really inherently uncomfortable. And why is that important? It, it's important because in the military and in your company, you need to win. And, and simply put, in my mind, he who adapts the fastest to changing situations will win. Because when you face a thinking enemy who's constantly changing and trying new tactics, you have to train your team to be comfortable in that environment. And that, that whole discussion, the training thing is probably a discussion for another day. Um, but in the end, uh, as you're looking at the people who you want to promote in your organizations, if they don't deal with change well, then they probably can't handle leading in an uncertain environment. And that's probably one of the things you need to think, I, that I think you need to think about as you select as you select subordinates to work for you. But hey, let me, let me maybe get into some discussion about volatile, at least in my mind. So I appreciated your, your, uh, your definition, Pat, uh, rapid, pace of, rapid pace of change, uh, nature, speed, volume, magnitude of change. Uh, turbulence is another word that I think helps define that uh, fairly well for me. Um, and, and as I was thinking what might be helpful uh, just to relate to this group, I really approach this volatile uh, notion from two avenues. One, from an individual approach. Secondly, then from sort of a corporate or organizational approach. And let me just start maybe with the individual approach first. Because individually, um, we need to understand that change is inevitable and that our ability to individually adapt is key to our success. But it's also important as leaders that we help those that work for us adapt uh, in this volatile changing arena that you might have. And uh, because it does affect everybody. And, and I typically think in, in terms of guiding principles, and, and here's maybe the first guiding principle that's been helpful for me over the years. And, and that's break tough news 
you know, with a lead in. And, and I just remember the first time that that was sort of brought to my attention and, and made a difference. And I think it was 2003 and we had, you know, the war had just been going on for about, you know, 18 months and there was not a lot of guard that had deployed. I happened to be a Lieutenant Colonel and the executive officer of a field artillery brigade, which is, and remember I started this whole story with the field artillery brigade. And, and we, we got the call that, hey, we we're gonna be mobilized. And as a, as a leader uh, in the organization, uh, it came to me first and we, we happened to be having drill, okay, like the next weekend. And, and so, uh, you know, so you, so you break the news to the unit that, hey, we're going to deploy. And in those, that was early in the war, right? I mean, now it's pretty routine. It was not routine in those days. It was, it was right before Thanksgiving and, and we were gonna hit mobile station in January. So not a year prep, I mean, it was pretty quick. And, and we were the first big unit from the state of Wyoming to go out. And, and, and what I remember uh, of that event was, the, was counseling our soldiers um, for when you go home and you break this news, this, you know, with, this is gonna change, dramatically change, you know, the next year of your life with your spouse, your kids, your mom was, Hey, make sure, make sure you talk about, uh, make sure you, you don't go home and say, Hey, we're deploying. Um, but, uh, more along the lines of, Hey, you know, I've been in the military for a while and you know, we're at war and there's always a potential that we could deploy. Oh, by the way, we happen to get deployment orders, right? Because, because your mind, the human mind takes a little bit to, to, to rapidly adapt. And, and so that, I have found that skill set to be helpful in lots of different situations uh, throughout life, right? Because bad things do happen and change does happen that you need to talk people, you need to talk people through. Uh, here's, here's, a, here's a, a second guiding principle. Uh, it's, it's typically good, I think, to deal with this volatility head on. And, and here's a, probably the example that I'd use is uh, just recent, probably last month, here at Department of Transportation, lots of uh, men and women who we had to require to work in this environment. And they, they are not used to working in a threat environment. They are not used to work in an environment where they could get sick and take it home and, and, and spread it. And that caused a lot of fear in the ranks. And, and so it was very important. In fact, I probably had three, and we use Google Hangouts, a different um, meetings with different groups of, of my employees, specifically in driver services, right? There are a, a bunch of great men and women that deal with the public a lot. You know, like you go get your driver's license, but now all of a sudden everybody coming in was a threat and there's a lot of fear. And so, so it was, it was important not to brush it aside. It was important not to pretend it doesn't exist. I thought it was very important to have a little meeting just like this, let them talk and then talk about the fears and how to handle the fears. And that was, that was very helpful. Okay, then probably the third guiding principle I'd, I'd go over with on this individual side is, hey, make sure you question yourself, right? Be self-aware enough to not be overconfident, to make sure that you aren't, you know, just uh, confirmation bias, I think is the official term, right? To make sure that you, you just, you don't see the things that just you weigh the one you, you think you should see them. And then don't be overly optimistic. 
you always got to be thinking about who's going to jump out of that bush and try and uh, try and hurt me, or or what type of um, ambush might might I be walking into, all right? And and one of the, the one of the ways I think that uh, that you help do that, and we you talked about it already, is when you build your team, make sure you have people on there that don't say yes all the time, that say hey, Reiner, have you thought about this? And then you got to listen to them, right? Because diversity of thought, always the most important diversity of all, right? Skin, sex, all the other skin color, sex, all those other things, in my mind, always the most important part is diversity. Hey, let, let me just talk a little bit in just a couple minutes here about, about organizational approach to this. And, and I'm involved in big organizations. And, and I think it's important to understand that, that VUCA is here to stay. And it's a systemic condition that in my mind requires a systemic response. Just, just understand it's here and organize yourself to deal with it. And, and so here's, here's maybe a couple more guiding principles in that environment. One is I, I absolutely think that your organization has to understand your, the leaders, direction, vision, you know, uh, commander's intent, where you want to go. Um, because then it really doesn't matter how you get there as long as it's legal, ethical, or moral, right? When I took, when I took over here at YDOT, here's a, here's a story I told. And I told us that we probably did, you know, 10 town halls to talk to all 2,000 people here. And, and it was like, hey, listen, uh, pick out two things in the room, and I usually pick out two signs. And pretend you're, pretend I'm your, your uh, the infantry, you know, brigade commander, and you're my infantry lieutenant colonel commanding a battalion, and I go to take, tell you, go take kill uh, number A and kill all the enemies on it. Well, if you get there, and and the enemies move to Hill B, which is the other object, then go kill them on Hill B, right? Because the intent is to kill the enemy, and and I don't care where they are, and I think that's. That's really important. Then, then the last thing uh, in terms of maybe a guiding principle I would share with you is, is to set the conditions to deliberately communicate because this is a systemic condition that's here. And, and so internally, you've got to create a culture where uh, your people are not afraid to speak up. And, and I've, I've done that a couple ways and and probably won't share them based on time. And then um, you certainly need to make sure that you understand um, that communication needs to be flexible and, and you need to adjust it for, for, um, the, for the conditions. The other thing I'd share on this deliberately communicate is, um, make sure that you allow your subordinates uh, to uh, coordinate across other agencies because really what you want is scouts out looking for changes coming at you and building relationships to help you deal with those chains and and don't ever be a, feel threatened by by your uh, by your employees reaching out you want them to do that right and uh, and if they respect you enough they'll just it's not a threat they're out there gathering intel and bringing it back and then make sure you as a leader have, have peers in other agencies. But let me, uh, let me stop there.
and uh, and thank you for this time to, to spend with you today. Thank you very much. You <clears throat> I, I actually